Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. Welcome back, Intelligentsia. Another episode of the Jeffers Brief. I'm John Jeffers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's been a really interesting week, don't you think? I know some of you from around the world may be following what's going on in the United States. Some of you don't. That's okay. We're still glad to have you just the same. What what I want to do first here. Yes, we're going to do this first. For you lady preppers out there, and believe it or not, they represent a third of the listening audience. A third the listening audience here on Contra Radio Network. And there's a reason for that, men. Women have a tendency to be more detail-oriented, just the way God made them. So if you, men out there, have a significant other, female, you it would behoove you, behoove one, if you will, to listen to them. So for you ladies out there who are preppers, this is for you. This is six tips for bugging out as a single mom. Morgan Rogue, you did an excellent job in my opinion. Now, you're saying some of you women out there, but I'm married and I'm not a single mom. True, but let's put this scenario into effect. Critical incident. Your significant other is is killed, dead, gone, checked out. That leaves you an instant single mom, and chances are you probably have children. So, as Morgan writes, uh, she says, you know, I have two young kids and two dogs, which I'm responsible for at all times. I may be responsible for getting the kids and pets out of Dodge, on my own if the need arose. Of course, bugging out isn't ideal. I'm going to remain at home for as long as possible. However, I can't ignore the possibility of the potential for bugging out no matter the best laid plans. You cannot plan for every scenario as situations are always in flux. So whether you live in a fortress or not, there is a potential that in order to save your life, you may have to leave. Part of being a prepper means being prepared for anything, even leaving our home. I camp and hike often with my kids and dogs, even if my husband is alongside us. I'm always thinking, what would I do if he's not here? How would I do things differently? Side note, men, pay attention. They're thinking outside the box. Yes, this is a plan, but as we all know, as soon as you implement a plan, it starts to go awry. So you have to be able to think on your feet. This is important. So that is a thought process built out of habit, playing out scenarios, building independence and self-reliance. It is even more important when young lives could be on the line and you face the chance you'll have to bug out as a single mom. Having the entirety of the situation lay on your shoulders without help from any other adult is a truly stressful and terrifying thought. I'm often alone with my kids, sometimes for days and weeks at a time, and I have to think about what-if situations without any help. This is smart thinking, my friends. This is an exercise we all should do. You know, what happens if you're a single dad? Now you really got something rocking and rolling now. 
So pay attention. Just because we're talking about if you're a single mom doesn't mean this can't apply to men whose significant other checks out. So think about it. <coughs> if you're a single mom or dad, or if you're in a situation where your spouse isn't around much due to other obligations, there are some things you need to keep in mind beyond bug out bag advice for women. We are talking bug out advice for single women with kids. We all know that criminals use unfortunate events as opportunities to loot, steal, and take advantage of people in dire situations. It's doubly true for women. And here are a few facts about violence against women. Most women have experienced physical abuse at some point in their life. One in five women are raped in their lifetime. One in ten women, I'm sorry, one in ten female assault victims has had a head or spinal cord injury as a result of the attack. So bugging out as a single person can be dangerous. But bugging out as a single mom can be particularly dangerous if you don't believe me, look what's going on at the southern border. The media is not reporting on it. You're going to have to go to alternative media sites to get the story. Um, I'm sure our my co-hosts Don Lowry and Mark Boyle and Don Kirshner have also heard of these stories, especially Don and Mark. They live in Arizona, not far from the southern border, and I am sure they've heard these stories. So, five tips for bugging out as a single mob. Number one, Nurture community. What does that mean? It means I'm not answering emails right now. Get off my screen. Bastards. All right. So having neighbors or friends or anyone you may be able to call on for help in a crisis is certainly something to consider. You may not be able to rely on them 100% of the time, but you talk to them. Ask them if they'd be interested in helping out in certain times of crisis and what they would be able to do to help out with. Even if it's just helping to pack the car while you take care of the, the children, that could be a huge help. So write a list of the type of help you might need before asking for it. Number two, make travel as easy as possible. You have young kids. You may want to consider back or front carriers, a stroller or a wagon. In general, You'd most likely be spending most of your time in the vehicle if, if all goes well. You won't need to walk for miles with your kids, but you never know. Plan to walk with them. Understand that your kids are still kids and will need a break, or you'll need to carry them so you can walk quicker. That's why we go out and exercise with them. Play with them. Take them for long hikes. Build up their stamina. Number three, you got to teach your kids. This is important. Uh, I just had a conversation with my daughter again a few days ago. You know, she's in Europe. I told her not to come home. Broke my heart to tell her that, but that's the truth of the matter. Uh, an education, whether it be formal or informal, is something that no one can take away from them or you. No one can take your education from you. What you know is what you know. You know, sometimes during conversations I'll have with people and when I want to stress the point that they actually do know something, I'll say to them, it's you know that you know that you know. So 
you got to teach your kids. Teach them to be an asset every day, and especially during a bug out situation. Can they help carry bags to the vehicle? Of course they can. Just you know, make sure, make sure that you know they they you know that's not a hundred pound bag or a fifty pound bag when you know they're obviously not capable of carrying it. They might be able to drag it. Who knows? Can they help set up a tent? Can they help cook food? Can they help purify water? Can they collect sticks? Absolutely they can. Now, not all bug out situations are going to be camping. But in general, teach them to help out when needed. Letting your kids help will relieve your stress and it will make them feel valued, encourage, and praise their help because then they're going to be more likely to continue to do so. And it builds character and responsibility. My friends, I've got a neighbor. They've got they got five girls. I think the oldest is maybe a junior, senior in high school, and they go down from there, age wise. Um, I gotta tell you something. Assign chores now. Having kids help out around the house, and I don't mean you pay them. Look, if you got a 10-year-old, they can run a vacuum cleaner. They can do certain things. You could have, you could have, a 7-year-old can go and empty the garbage cans around the house. Maybe even take the garbage out. Assign them chores around the house. It builds responsibility for them. It builds character for them. And don't pay them. pay him to get good grades all right all right number four plan food and entertainment this is important for kids you know that and we all love food that's one thing we as human beings have in common all over the planet we like to eat we do we all like food absolutely so kids especially love to eat don't forget to pack plenty of snacks in their bags that will be ready to eat without any cooking required pack some food in the vehicle in a separate zipper bag such as making a homemade MRE that you can grab and go as you leave. The more food options, the better. In addition to food, entertainment is important. Books, busy bags, travel games, songs, etc. Pack items in the vehicle and in their bags that they'll enjoy as you bug out. Remember, you can't have, if a child starts to feel frightened or scared, they're going to lock up and it's going to divert your attention away from the, situational awareness that you need to have number five special needs now do you or your kids have any special needs for instance does anyone wear glasses do you have a backup for those glasses remember two is one one is none so think about that in general don't forget any special needs that will keep everyone comfortable and safe during a bug out situation Write a list of their needs, then get together the items, or keep a checklist handy. I have bug out bags packed and ready to roll. I even got dog food ready to roll. Why? Because I will forget it. I know that will be overlooked if and when the time comes and it's we're all stressed out and you overlook something. All right. Uh, number six, defense. Ladies, this is important for you. Now, as a parent and, and men... As a father, this is important. As a parent, it's our duty to protect our children. What type of safety and security options do you have in place? Plan routes that get you to your destination quickly, but safely. Don't stop until you're safely at your location. Be situationally aware. 
have a self-defense option available to you while driving and while at your bug out location. Know how and when to use it. I would highly recommend doing as much training as possible now. Now. Now, before we go on, I'm going to get the emails. I know it. I can feel it already coming. As most of you know, I spent 26 years in law enforcement. I was a deputy sheriff. I want you to understand something. I never won, once ever put my uh, sidearm in a gun locker, never put a gun lock on it, ever. And the reason is this, my friends, since my daughter, even after I was divorced, yeah, I know, big surprise, cop is divorced, I know, big surprise, woohoo, uh, is this. And believe it or not, my ex-wife agreed with it. What? Yeah, exactly. My, that was my reaction, too. Uh, is this. When I, I, you know, once a week, maybe once every two weeks, I would clean my fire, my firearm. Department issued uh, six-hour forty caliber. And my daughter was over. I'd ask her. God, I think we started this when she was I said, do you want to touch dad's gun? Do you want to hold it? You know, whatever. I took the mystery away. Too many parents say, oh, it's a gun. You can't get it. No, no, no. Don't tell them. We'll put it in the closet. They'll never find it. Bullshit. Think about it. When you were a kid, you went in your parents' closet. You went looking for stuff. The idea is do not, do not make the firearm a big mystery because if you make it a big mystery they're going to want to know they're going to want to know their curiosity is peaked why is it such a mystery Ooh, let's touch it let's uh, mom and dad aren't around i'm telling you now take the mystery out so well, i'd be cleaning it i put it together and ask her here do you want to hold it do you want to pull the trigger and the guy i think until the age of nine or ten she was always want to hold it she pulled the trigger and hold it and whatever but the good thing is this, this is what happened. I think by the time she was like 11 or 12, I'd still go through the same routine. I said, hey, I got the gun out. Do you want to hold it? Do you want to do a thing? Nah, dad, it's okay. Took the mystery out. She didn't even care about it anymore. Didn't even care about it. Never even gave it a second thought. However, when the time came, I think when she started turning 16, I took her shooting. She loves shooting. I'll tell you that now. Um, and I probably taught her some of my bad habits, but the fact is she shoots pretty well. She knows how to aim. She knows how to pull the trigger control. She knows technique. Well, we're working on now. If she ever decides to come back from Europe is we'll be working on speed and that will come naturally. So what I'm trying to tell you this, my friends, do not treat your firearm as um, what is what's the the tree of life in the Garden of Eden? Don't treat it that way. Treat it as something that's normal. It's okay, you know. And exp you know, every once you know, I can remember a few times she said, "Dad, will this go off if I drop it?" I said, "No, it will not go off if you drop it." And I said, "Nor will it go off by itself. It needs somebody to pull the trigger all the way back." Oh, okay, Dad. You know, so 
big one there. It's okay to take your children to the shooting range and teach them firearm safety and how to shoot. You never know. It might save your life someday. And we've seen stories of people break, of the dirtbags breaking into other people's homes, threatening to kill or whatever, and the, shall we say, the minor in question draws the firearm and puts and caps their ass. So, now if you're in, in another part of the world where you can't get firearms, I find it hard to believe. You may not be able to lawfully have them, but you certainly can get them if you want to, if you need to. I'm not saying break the law. I'm saying do what you need to do. So, as a summary for bugging out as a single mom, um, you can't take care of anyone if you're not taking care of yourself first. Keep your own mental and physical wellness a priority every day so you can stay strong in a crisis. I mean, bugging out is stressful enough, but when you're doing it by yourself while having to be responsible for the well-being of children, it can be disastrous without the proper planning. So take time now to be prepared for a bug-out event. Even if you have a spouse, you never know what would happen which would force you to go it alone. What do you think? Did I cover it? You know, I'm a big proponent for everybody, women and children, to take some kind of self-defense class. And by that, martial arts, pick one. Because it's better you have the knowledge to use it than need it and not have it. So, uh, you're asking, yes, uh, I exposed my daughter to Krav Maga. Why? Because women in the Israeli Defense Forces and the Israeli military can do it. It's easy. It's easy to remember. It's easy to use. And there are plenty of videos out there showing an Israeli woman who's had the Krav Maga training and taken out some dirtbag who's assaulted her. My favorite one is the one who grabs the uh, woman in the, uh, in the bar and she just tears him a new one. That's my favorite one. So there, for preppers. Something else I want to talk to you about preppers, and this is true. Um, I picked this up from the Hal Turner radio show. Guys, take it for what this is worth, all right? This is serious stuff we're talking here. The title of it is War is Coming, Countries Test Blast Doors and Subway Bomb Shelters. And of course, here in the United States, we have none. Now, cities in Ukraine and in Russia have begun testing the nuclear blast doors installed in their public subway systems, which are some, not all, the bomb shelters for their population. The USA has none. The situation between Ukraine and Russia is now so dire that cities within both countries are testing blast doors they installed in their underground subway stations. It is important to point out that many European countries, and of course Russia, have vast civil defense networks and bomb shelters for their populations. The United States of America has none. It is also worth noting last year, Russia announced, then conducted a live drill with, you get, get ready for this, 
and I remember telling you about this on one of the shows back then, 40 million other citizens to test public awareness of bomb shelter locations and test the actual handling of 40 million people heading into those shelters in a real-life test. It is also worth pointing out that Russia has food, water, medicines, machine tools, and vehicles stored in their bomb shelters. The USA has exactly none. No emergency food, water, medicines, machine tools, or vehicles stored in any bomb shelter. Preppers, this is why we do it. You can't rely on our government. Now put simply, when the war with Russia and Ukraine begins, it's highly likely before May 2nd, if the U.S. and NATO intervene and go to war with Russia, then it'll be the Russian people who survive and not Americans. This march to war is not, not being covered by almost any U.S. mass media, and the American people remain blissfully unaware of the horrors which may be on our collective doorstep very, very soon. Despite zero preparation for potential nuclear war, our U.S. government continues marching directly toward that activity with zero protection for the U.S. population. If this takes place and you happen to survive, be sure to um, thank the members of the U.S. government for all they did to get so many of us killed. Guys, it's there. Take it for what it's worth. Don't take it. Whatever you want to do. It's out there, and there it is. Like I said, take it for its worth. Now, what else do I want to bitch about today? Let me see. Let's talk about this. How about the first 70 days of the Biden-Harris regime? Russia's massing troops on the border with Ukraine. Ukraine is threatening to take Crimea back by force. China is threatening Taiwan and its neighbors while also threatening our ships and the Navy. North Korea is testing missiles again and restarting their nuclear weapons program. Iran has been emboldened in making more than their normal threats. Our southern border is a humanitarian disaster, and the administration that promised transparency is hiding it by not permitting the media access. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Anytime you listen to an inauguration speech and the uh, president-elect says, we're going to be transparent, we're going to do it, they mean just the opposite. I can promise you that. Don't believe me? Look back over the history of it. You'll see it. Now, Ford is closing a plant and moving it to Mexico after just bringing it back from Mexico because the current administration's plan for increased taxes. The price of steel is up 145%, lumber 126%, wheat up 25%, the food index is up 25%, cotton 35%, Silver, 38%. Copper, 50%. Soybeans, 71%. Oil, 80%. Et cetera, et cetera. It just goes on and on. Pipeline jobs lost. Wall construction jobs lost. All in the first 70 days. Hold on, my friends. The next four years are going to be a real rough ride with this crowd. Well, it's true. Oh, that reminds me. I want to... Oh, for those of you that joined uh, Team CRN... In the power lead system, good job. I'm considering putting a view, those of you that did join up in it. So I, I'm going to put you, I'm thinking about putting you into the, a new separate category as the super intelligentsia. Because you see it, 
look, I've been making money on it. Don's been making money on it. You can make money on it too. Um, I suggest, and look, this is real easy. If you go to johnjeffers.rocks, www.johnjeffers.rocks, uh, check it out. You opt in. There's a double opt-in, so you can't say we send you spam. We're not going to spam you. We are not going to give away your information. We're not going to do it. You know, uh, then it will take you to a great, one of the best websites that I've that we have found for the powered lead system. Sometimes it's called PLS or Lightning Leads. And it explains to you very well. It's like, I don't know, 10, 11-minute video. You can do that. Easy. Why? Some of you have seen it. Some of you get it. Some of you have decided to join us. Um, if you go to johnjeffers.rocks, if you got $7, you can do this. Now, you can use the Power Lead system in many countries around the world. Many countries around the world. So don't think you can only do it here in the United States. You can do it around the world. If you live in, you know, outside the United States, check it out. You can do this. But, like I said, so anyways, let's get back to it. I just had to put that in there. Oh, here's one of my favorite ones. Still, by the way, still waiting. If, if you get vaccinated, why do you still need to wear a mask? Well, Stanford University. Results, face masks are ineffective to block transmission of COVID-19. What? You mean a conspiracy theory is actually true? Oh, the humanity. That's right, you've been lied to, my folks. And they can actually can cause health deterioration and premature death. So a recent study, Stanford study, released by the NCBI, which is under the National Institutes of Health, showed that masks do absolutely nothing to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 and their use is even harmful. My friends, if the masks really help, why do we still have COVID cases? Still waiting for somebody to answer me that question. Reel me that, Batman. Yeah, that's right. So the National Institute of Health published a medical hypothesis by Dr. Baruch Van Schol, gosh, Van Schoelboim, gosh, Boim, Van Schoelboim. He's a cardiology division, Veterans Affairs, Palo Alto Healthcare System, Stanford University, Palo Alto, California, in the United States. Now the NOC report uncovered the study, and they report. Did you hear about the peer-reviewed study done by Stanford University that demonstrates beyond a reasonable doubt that face masks have absolutely zero chance of preventing the spread of COVID-19? No. Well, it was posted on the National Center for Biotechnological Information. That's a government website. The NCBI is a branch of the National Institute of Health. So one would think such a study would be widely reported by mainstream media and embraced by the science-loving folks in big tech. Oh, we got to follow the science unless it disagrees, unless we disagree with it. So instead, a DuckDuckGo search reveals it was picked up by zero mainstream media outlets and big tech tyrants will suspend people who post it. 
as political strategist Steve Cortes learned the hard way when he posted a tweet that went against the face mask narrative. The tweet itself featured a quote and a link that prompted Twitter to suspend his account potentially indefinitely. My friends, why is anybody still on Twitter? I don't even call it Twitter. I call it Twatter. Why? There are so many other free speech platforms out there that you could use. You could use uh, Codius. C-O-D-I-A-S. Codius.com. You could use USA.life. You could use Mumblet.com. You could use Crabapple, which is very similar to Twatter, if you're a Twatter freak. But anyways, the NCBI study begins with the following abstract. Many countries across the globe utilize medical and non-medical face masks as non-pharmaceutical intervention for reducing the transmission and infectivity of coronavirus disease 2019, which is COVID-19. By the way, why haven't we heard all the uh, environmentalists screaming about face masks and how they're clogging up our landfills? Although scientific evidence supporting face mask efficacy is lacking, adverse uh, physiological, psychological, and health effects are established. It has been hypothesized that face masks have compromised safety and efficacy profile and should be avoided from use. The current article comprehensively summarizes scientific evidences with respect to wearing a face mask in the COVID-19 era, providing proper information for public health and decision-making. And the study concludes, this is, all right, the existing scientific evidences challenge the safety and efficacy of wearing a face mask as a preventive intervention for COVID-19. The data suggests that both medical and non-medical face masks are ineffective to block human-to-human transmission of viral and infectious diseases such as SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19, supporting against the usage of face masks. Wearing face masks has been demonstrated to have substantial adverse physiological and psychological effects. These include hypoxia, hypercapnia, shortness of breath, increased acidity and toxicity, activation of fear and stress response, rise in stress hormones, immunosuppression, fatigue, headaches, decline in cognitive performance, predisposition for viral and infectious illnesses, chronic stress, anxiety, depression, long-term consequences of wearing face masks can cause health deterioration, developing and progression of chronic diseases and premature death. Governments, policymakers, and health health organizations should utilize prosper and scientific evidence-based approach with respect to wearing face masks when the latter is considered as preventive intervention for public health. So, what else we got here? We've got so much crap here. So what, it's an absolute joke. America has been led down an insane path of wearing masks that, according to this study, don't prevent the transmission of COVID-19 and cause more health risks than ever imagined. There it is, guys. There it is. For all you Kyles and Karens out there, 
You think you know more than Stanford University? Well, guess what? You don't. You don't. What else have we got here? Oh. You know, when I hear the left, especially as people, you know, especially Joe Biden and Kamala Harris sitting there screaming, who needs a hundred round magazine? My response is, who needs 25,000 troops for an inauguration? Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. They can kiss both sides of my white ass. Absolutely. Oh, if you're in the, uh, <laughs> if you're on social media, which you know I think is the toilet of the internet, and you want to cross something that has the latest mugshots of the Antifa BLM dirtbags that they've arrested, they hate, Antifa and BLM hate having their mugshots posted on the internet because then mommy, daddy, their employers, that's right, some of them do have jobs, can see who they are. They hate it. So I feed into that. I repost it. I want their little faces known all over. Yeah. They hate it, therefore I do it. Yeah, I know. They don't like it. Well, fuck them. I don't care. I don't like their behavior. It doesn't mean so. You know, they can kiss my ass. Now, here's a question for you. January 6th, we, we hear about insurrection, insurrection. Well... I don't recall anybody firing shots at our troops or the cops. They may have fought with them, but they didn't shoot at them. But yet, when the left, their BL, you know, the leftists and their BLM activist lackeys sit there and do drive-by shootings on the National Guard, who for why they are even still in Washington, D.C., is beyond me, get shot at, it seems to me that firing bullets at U.S. troops while in the United States is an act of insurrection itself, is it not? Oh, I get it. No, it's not because, well, they're on the left and therefore that's okay. Yeah, okay. You know what I say. KMA, baby, KMA. All right, have I, have I gone on long enough today? I think so. Oh, if you're in Michigan, why have you not had the Republican majority in their legislature not let their balls drop? Apparently, after the Democratic governor, Gretchen Whitmer, secretly vacationed to Florida to see her dad, during Michigan's COVID surge, she told her citizens in Michigan, stay home and avoid travel. And other people in her administration have done the same thing. They vacationed in Florida for spring break. Some went to Alabama for spring break. My friends, what's it going to take to get this narcissistic elitist beast out of office? If I'm in Michigan, I'd be throwing an absolute fit. It's bad enough I got that fat bastard Pritzker as the governor here. And I we uh, and we know what he does. He goes to his uh, summer home 
outside Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Yeah, you don't think we know about that, you fat prick? We do. Yeah, that's right. We also know that you should have been charged with DUI, but because you're the governor and some people had to make phone calls to intervene on your behalf, that never happened. But don't worry. There are those of us that find out things and we're not afraid to talk about it. Uh, okay, my friends. Oh, and loudmouth Maxine Waters. What a loudmouth. Where's Dershowitz? Oh, that's right. Uh, Tuesday on News, uh, Ma- uh, Newsmax TV, Stinchfield, Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz, who is a leftist, by the way, but he's an honest one, and I can respect that addressed Representative Maxine Waters' tactics amid the Derek Chauvin trial, saying she is trying to influence and intimidate the jury. Dershowitz said Waters has taken a page out of the Ku Klux Klan's playbook to influence court cases by threatening violence. First of all, he says, uh, Dershowitz says, first of all, the judge should have granted the motion for a mistrial based on the efforts of Congresswoman Waters to influence the jury. Her message was clearly intended to get to the jury, quote, if you will acquit, if you find the charge less than murder, we will burn down your buildings. We will burn down your businesses. We will attack you. We will do what happened to the witness. Blood on their door. This was an attempt to intimidate the jury. It's borrowed precisely from the Ku Klux Klan of the 1930s and 1920s when the Klan would march outside of courthouses and threaten all kinds of reprisals if the jury ever dared convict a white person or acquit a black person. And so, efforts to intimidate a jury should result in a mistrial with a judge. Of course, you know, the judge wouldn't grant a mistrial because then he'd be responsible for the riots that would ensue, even though it was Waters who was responsible. Now, Dershowitz has predicted Chauvin will be convicted at least on the charge of manslaughter, but believes it will go to the Court of Appeals. So now, if there is a conviction, and I think there will be a conviction, at least on the manslaughter charge, the issue will go to the Court of Appeals, he advised. And will the Court of Appeals have the courage to reverse this conviction on the ground that the jury was subject to intimidation tactics, not only by Waters, but by others as well who threatened violence in the event of an acquittal or a lesser charge than murder? You know, this kind of, this kind of mirrors what Nixon said on Manson. When Manson was first arrested before his trial, Nixon proclaimed that Manson was guilty. Guess what? Not a good thing. Not a good thing. <sighs> Look it up. It did happen. But then again, you got loudmouth Maxine. Now, she's feeling some heat. Is will it go anywhere? Probably not. You got Pelosi who says, Well, she doesn't need to apologize for anything. Why? So I guess it's okay if you're on the left to incite riots and violence. Figure it out, people. Figure it out. Oh, all right. I think that pretty much does it for this episode. I want to say thanks for listening. Oh, 
trying to get an author. I got an email last week from Donna Gates. She's an international best-selling author of the book, uh, The Body Ecology Diet. She, 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 she asked she could be, I'd be a guest here on the show. I said, sure, absolutely. Guys, don't, I hate using the word diet because it's it just, I don't, I don't like it. I prefer the term a change of eating habits, change of habits while eating, that kind of thing. Trying, if I can just get her people to get back to me, we can schedule and get it on here. I'd like to I'll hear what she has to say. She listens, she says she listens to the show. She likes it. So we'll see what happens this week. See if we can't get her on. That'd be great. I think, I think you'd like what she has to say. I really do. All right. I'm John Jeffers. Here on the Jeffers Brief, have an American day. Even if you don't live in the United States, have an American day. We'll see you next week. Thanks.